Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Myerskoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth, and discover a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Good afternoon, David. Thank you very much for joining me again on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. It's really good to have you here. Good to be here. So today we are talking about the rising cost of doing business and how insurance plays a part in that. Um, And I know you guys at the FSB have done quite an extensive survey around this. So do you want to introduce uh, the survey, the sorts of things you were looking at? Yeah, of course. It's very interesting because uh, we we really got this underway at the start of the year. And um, at the end of the first quarter, we'd done a bit of work on the results. And they, they did show, as we all expected, that the hard market was having its impact on, on businesses and small businesses in particular. Um, three out of five uh, of the respondents said that their uh, premium had risen. And over half of those people said it had risen by more than 10%. Uh, but we had some other interesting stuff as well. Um, 30% of respondents made a point of saying that they couldn't understand their policy. Um, one in six had had to switch their cover because of availability or price, uh, but they'd had to take a cover reduction. Um, and then there are particular problems out there with certain classes of business and certain trades. So, you know, even before the COVID crisis, uh, the hard market was sort of kicked off by a, a bit of a crisis in the PI market. Um, we've been sort of shouting about that since January 2020, and it still seems to be a problem. Um, we know that the, the FCA are, are doing some work on it uh, through uh, my, my work with the Small Businesses Practitioners Panel there, um, but it, it remains an issue. And then, of course, There are trade sectors that are still being hit very hard, leisure and hospitality, the care sector, entertainment and so on. And I think the problem we have is that that there are issues there that that need to be resolved and there are willing parties that that want to to, to try and help. But we just seem to have been hit by one crisis after another, don't we? And so, you know, in terms of is it big news that um, you know, smaller firms are struggling with insurance. Well, yes, it is big news, but it's not quite as big as COVID happening, as prime ministers changing, as uh, Her Majesty um, passing away, uh, as the energy crisis. And it's just become part of this thing that we're now calling the cost of doing business crisis. And I think when you consider that Uh, The UK market is predominantly made up of VSMEs. So our target market, our clients are in this VSME bracket. It's a really important thing to understand how all of these things are impacting uh, what's keeping your clients up at night, I suppose. Very much so. And I think our our biggest concern is that um, smaller firms quite often need as much advice as bigger firms because a lot of them do all sorts of very different things. They just do, they, they don't do it quite as much as a very large business does, but they still have the same complexities, the same, same issues to face, and they need to have people to talk to. And one of the areas that, that we're looking at particularly 
uh, with a very willing insurance market, I should say, you know, the, 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 the composite insurers are, are on side with getting this right, is uh, the sort of oversimplification of e-trade, particularly when it comes to the direct audience, because um, the, the, in order to try and accommodate e-trade, uh, understandably, insurers are, are trying to keep their question sets down. And in keeping their question sets down, they're not always able to get the information that they need to get into the right place. Um, we had an example where a fairly senior person from one of the large insurers came to see us specifically to have a look at how we trade. And this is what I mean about the cooperation we're getting now from um, from, from larger insurers. They're interested to understand uh, the, the the stuff we're saying and not just to sort of have a debate around the table. And he had a look at uh, how we uh, placed something on, on E-Trade and came to the sudden realisation that on our system, we have sufficient information for his business to quote for particular clients. But because of the simplification of the E-Trade system, his business isn't actually asking those questions. And in order for his business to um, accommodate uh, those types of clients, it would have to go into a mid-market or branch team who, quite frankly, are very busy with larger, complicated stuff. So it, it doesn't necessarily get done. And then, of course, the the danger is that someone goes online. And when you've got someone online without advice, without an experienced insurance person behind them, then the, the obvious thing to do is to try and make it work. So, you know, you answer the, the half a dozen questions until it gives you the quote and you think, oh, done a good job there. Um, the fact that you perhaps are buying something that's unsuitable, um, you know, it, it won't be obvious to uh, what, what we call the unsophisticated buyer. I think I've heard this um, contention uh, come up a few times between minimising question set and needing the information. And I and there's lots of tech out there that that people are talking about, about pulling information in from from different platforms, from different places, publicly available information. What I find interesting from, from a user perspective is most of my information pre-populates when I go in an online form because it knows it's there. So it is absolutely the easiest thing to do uh, when, like you said, time is of the essence where as a VSME myself, I'm wearing 1,200 different hats uh, and uh, the, the quicker and simpler something is, the, the better it is for me. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, when it works, it works very well. And we're massively in favour of it. You know, as a as a broker that's looking after the small business community, and, and these are busy, busy people, you know, they've not got a department of people placing their insurance. The, the person that's buying the insurance is often the same person that's making the stuff or delivering the stuff or building the stuff. They haven't got time. So, the, the, you know, the, the simpler we can make it, the better. And we're all in favour of that, provided... Um, the person that we're talking to is, is getting getting the right advice. I, a, an example being, and you know, I, I'll probably bore listeners with using the same examples again and again. But it, it, examples are um, people who perhaps used to sell things from a premises, and they suddenly discover that, in actual fact, they can make the things more cheaply themselves. So, they, they, you know, a retail premises becomes a retail manufacturer. Then they, they decide, you know what, 
probably it's better if I deliver this and install it. So something that looks like a shop when it when it's first on, uh, it, you know, comes in, turns out to be a retailer, manufacturer, installer, deliverer. And, it, and it's just it needs someone to tease those questions out to make sure that the that the right arm, that the right insurance is, is bought. There's a terrific example of one of the um, uh, the, the, the FSB has awards every year, and and one of the of my favourites uh, in the SME category and the small the micro business category last year was was a Scottish fisherman, and, and this chap had spent his whole life um, going out in his boat, coming back in the early morning. He's he's, he's got a, a great catch. He's very famous for the fact locally that he knows where to go and the quality of his fish is superb. Uh, so he arrives at the quayside, down come the locals, down come the restaurants within uh, a sort of a 10 mile radius and, and the fishmongers that, that know him and come and, and, and gather the stuff. During COVID, that all stopped. But someone suggested to him that, well, why don't you use sort of this sort of ice packing technology and, and start to sell your fish online? And his business has taken off. You know, that sort of one of the oldest, most traditional businesses in the world is now using the Internet to sell worldwide. But once you start looking at that sort of thing, you're then dealing with things like, well, do you actually have have the cover to sell this product worldwide? If you do sell it worldwide and there's cover, you know, what, what's the jurisdiction on your policy? You know, if you sell um, a, a, a piece of, uh, of fish to someone in California and they decide that um, the, the stomach ache that they've got is food poisoning caused by your fish, you know, are they going to sue you in an American court and have you got cover for it? And, you know, we're, we're looking at extremes here, but it's the extremes that cause the big claims. So, you know, this is where, um, you know, congratulations on, on a fabulous change in direction uh, late in your career, but let's just make sure your insurance is right as well, so you don't get into any trouble and take away all of the the great progress you've made. And I suppose the cost of doing business, um, and as you meant, is impacted by as you mentioned earlier, all of these big kind of hitting crises that are coming our way, and that is making people go elsewhere, look elsewhere, and they're looking for cheap and they're doing it online, and it's potentially causing a problem if the cover well, isn't right future yeah. down the line? It's, it's a very difficult time for all businesses and small businesses in particular, which quite often are self-funding and, you know, that they, they actually live off their own reserves. You know, you, you can't, if, if you're a small firm, you can't go out and refinance with a, a private equity company. You know, you've got to go and, and borrow from a relative or something. You know, you, you, you're self-financing the very small firms. And, um, it, it can it, it can be a, a, a real real issue, uh, the, not just that the prices are going up, but it's things like sums insured being right. So you know we all know at the moment that there's hyperinflation in the construction industry, but if you're talking to an SME who's already seeing a twenty percent premium increase, and you're saying, oh by the way, you know you really should have a look at your your, your building sum insured because of hyperinflation in the construction industry, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't sit well uh, because that's going to cost even more. So, you know, people are taking tough decisions um, based on the fact that there's only so much money in the, in the pot that they can distribute across all of the costs. And the energy crisis coming up 
Um, I know the government are taking steps to support firms and small businesses in particular. But, you know, we're all sort of sitting here with fingers crossed and uh, uh, everything else crossed, hoping that, that that doesn't really cause a massive, massive, massive issue in, in the next few months. So what what are businesses doing? Because when we spoke last time, there's a lot of really good stuff happening, isn't there? Can you talk us through it? Yeah, I mean, the, the small businesses are, uh, in particular are, are very pragmatic about the way they deal with things because um, they have to be. You know, the, the, the cause and effect of what you do in a small firm, as you know yourself, Sarah, is, is very, very quick. And, and you're very, very aware of, of the, the impact that everything, of everything that you do. And, you know, obviously the, 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 big, uh, the big step that people decide to take is to pass the cost on to their customers. I think there was uh, someone had produced a report recently saying that uh, um, it, a pizza could go up to 50 quid because of the cost to produce it. I, I know it was sort of a, it was said half in, in fun, but, you know, sometimes you have to consider passing the cost on because particularly in leisure, hospitality, restaurants, pubs, you know, their margins are so small. There isn't, there isn't a huge amount to play with. Um, opting for less cover, you know, with, uh, with advice, you know, are, are, there, uh, are there ways that perhaps you might be able to take a higher excess uh, to, to, reduce, uh, to, to reduce the costs and so on? Um, but also uh, cutting other costs. In, in, the, in our survey, 24% of SMEs uh, were cutting other costs in order to pay for insurance because they recognise the value of it and, and how important it is. That's incredible. What what um, what recommendations have come out of the report that uh, that you guys have done? Well, I think that uh, the the FSB have made a few few key recommendations. I think the, the the main one is that they really would like to see more work done on the clarity of wordings. So, uh, and I know there's there's always been a willingness in the insurance market to to do this. And you know, I'll, I'll say to my colleagues at the FSB, the reason it's difficult is because, you know, insurance being a, a, a legal contract, there's there's sort of 300 years of, of case law behind it. So, you know, insurers and, and anyone else in the industry wants to make sure that, that they're, they're, they're tackling, they're, they're trying to be precise in a legal way. But it is really important that it's easier to, to, to understand. Um, I think that we're, we're possibly looking for earlier intervention when a market segment is is failing, um, and then possibly clarity around that intervention. One of the things that when um, the, the, the FCA and government intervened uh, on the COVID crisis, that was well received, uh, but there were certain things that, that became confused. Uh, for example, uh, with business interruption, there was a lot of controversy around uh, whether grants and loans should be included in the, 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 the calculation or not. Um, so, you know, picking up on that type of thing and perhaps getting involved earlier. Um, we're, we're encouraging the FCI to uh, accelerate its study of, of professional indemnity um, re requirements. Um, one of the things that, that we're proposing is that perhaps it asks insurers to publish more information around claims so that we can see where um, PI insurance is um, a requirement, either regulatory or for, for whatever commercial reason, that there's some proportionality um, around the, the sort of 
limits that, that are asked for. Um, we're, we're also um, uh, lobbying uh, government to um, make sure that procurement departments look at this sensibly as well. So, for example, at the moment, um, there are some uh, uh, procurement departments in public bodies and what have you. They'll have set rules and regulations around the insurance requirements, and they'll be the same for anybody. So um, if you've got a, um, a single-storey uh, library um, next to um, a, a, a fire station um, and you've got someone coming to, to that's going to build it, for example, um, they'll be asked to have the same insurance limits of indemnity as perhaps the, the one-man band that is going to come and clean the, the, the ground floor windows of the library. Um, so um, the, the, um, the Greater London authorities have had a look at this and have already done some experimentation with smaller firms uh, in less risky environments having lower limits of indemnity. Because that is quite often either... Uh, the, the, the companies that are, that are looking at these procurement deals, they'll either just go for it and submit their quotation and look for the insurance afterwards and, and, and then just it becomes unaffordable or they just walk, they, they get their insurance requirements looked at and walk away because the demands are so high that they can't afford, uh, can't afford the insurance. And I think the, um, the other thing really is just making sure that um, everyone uh, the, that's involved in the conversation, whether it's government, FCA, insurers, small businesses, all work together to, to cr try and find the best solutions to the problems that are being highlighted by the survey. You, you've touched on uh, the PI um, conversation and highlighted that you guys have been working on this since January 2020. You've also touched on the fact that the cost of doing business has, from your survey has kind of almost gone under the carpet because we've been hit by so many other uh, political changes and um, sort of lifestyle changes, I suppose, with, with the rising cost of energy. How do we keep the small parts of this rising cost of doing business alive in their own kind of entity? How do we keep this topic uh, on, on people's uh, lips being talked about in boardrooms? How do we do that? Well, I think um, it's making sure that the message continues to be out there. There are lots of routes into the organisations that are that are that are involved. So, um, Bieber is already British Insurance Brokers Association is already um, having roundtable discussions with the Association of British Insurers. Uh, so, you know, how can we how can we work together uh, to to overcome any of the the, the issues that we're seeing? Um, the FCA, of course, are closely looking at general insurance uh, pricing and practices and so on. And um, we, th we think that the F FCA's um, participation in the discussion is very, very important. Um, uh, we would feel that uh, they, they do need to make sure that they take stock of what other, other people in the industry are saying so, so that uh, the, the, the real crisis points um, are, are dealt with, and that we don't necessarily um, do the old sledgehammer, a cracker nut, and, and use a generic uh, approach to tackle um, problems that could be uh, dealt with um, perhaps at a, at a lower level, at a, at a smaller level, and so on. And I suppose within the FSB, for anybody listening, 
Um, you can get advice and support on some of these um, crises that are happening, people to go to, signposting where you can get help from. Yes, absolutely. We're, we um, Currently, the um, FSB insurance service, um, we, we have a, on our website a whole series of, of helpful blogs and information pieces. Um, interestingly, the ones that get looked at most uh, they, they constantly surprise me. One um, is uh, the, the blog we have around the um, Employers Liability Tracing Office and, and the, the need to provide your PAYE number to, to, to insurers. And it sort of explains what that's all about and where to find it. And there's little diagrams and showing you where, where your number is. Um, and, and the other one is around electrical certification. Um, and um, you know, we, we try and do all these interesting blogs around big claims that have happened and um, clients that do interesting things like mend tanks and, you know, climb up uh, over nuclear power stations. But uh, it's electrical certification and uh, where to find your PAYE number that get the biggest hits. Excellent. 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 If it's OK with you, I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. So anybody having any questions about electrical certification or otherwise uh, uh, can have a look. And if there's oh, yeah. anything you can send me, um, you know, the reports from the FSB uh, or recommendations, I can put those in the link for people that are interested. Will do. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure you've got all of that information. Super. David, thank you very much for your time. It's been really interesting talking to you. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to keep the, the profile high on, on this subject because uh, it's by doing the, this type of thing and having these sorts of discussion that the, the word stays out there and we, we eventually get to be able to do something about it. Absolutely. Any time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullis Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.